So what's going on, everybody? This is George Hines Jr. Welcome back to the G-Spot Podcast. Um, it's been a little minute since I recorded one, but today I have a pretty special guest. And this was a topic um, about a blog article that this young lady wrote that I thought was super intriguing. And she said some things that typically aren't articulated from a young woman's perspective, but I think it's good information and great content to share with an audience of young people within a generation who just really doesn't know how to go about handling their uh, sexuality. And they want to find out what's true and they want to find out where do I go when I make a mistake and how am I supposed to feel? And does God really love me after I mess up and I sincerely want to get back to him? And then the most important question is, how on earth do I start over again? I feel horrible and I just don't know what to do. So here I have a young lady who wrote an amazing article on her blog uh, from her website, Dreams with Jasmine. And it's, I had sex again, and she's talking about what she learned. So the title is, I had sex again, what I learned. The article published on October 22nd that I actually read the full thing, which I typically don't do because I don't really like bloggers, but I thought this was great. So with no further ado, I have Miss Jasmine Turner. Hi. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. How are you doing? I, I'm doing great. So... Yeah, I um, we've been trying to get on for a little while, so I thank you for being patient with me because I know it's like, oh my God, this guy's all over the place. But you know, <laughs> I've been gearing up for this conference that I'm doing, online conference. So I nice. thank you for coming on. Absolutely, not a problem at all. Thank you for having me. All right, great. So we're gonna jump right into this thing. So on October 22nd, you decided to share this article with the world. I had sex again, and what you learned. First off. How long has it been since the last time you had sex? Um, uh, I don't know exactly how many days. I'd say like a few months. A few months, right? Yeah. Um, no, 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 no. I mean, like from the time, like, so you said in the article, like I had sex again. Like how long had it been before you actually got to a point to where you had sex again? Like what was the length of the break that you had taken? Oh. Uh... Ah, yeah. That, so that, that was... prompted this article. Um, okay, so originally I was abstinent for five years, <laughs> and um, so I originally wrote a blog post about that about a year ago, mm -hmm. um, a little over a year ago, and then maybe a few months after that blog post um, essentially went viral. Um, I had sex again, and then I was, let's say, sexually active for a little while. Gotcha. And then um, it's been a few months since I have no longer been sexually abstinent. I mean, sexually active. And now I'm back on my abstinence bandwagon. Got you. So a few questions, right? So first, like, what does it feel like to have an article like that go viral? Huh. Um, it's weird. It's, uh, I didn't uh, get into blogging or writing for posts to go viral. I mean, essentially when I started, I've been writing forever. Uh, in college, I majored in broadcast journalism. So um, it's been a profession for me and it's a creative outlet. So I might more so write for myself. Um, I like to look back at the things that I've written and reflect on them. I'm really into growth, which sounds weird, but I just um, feel like it's such a big 
um, aspect of life. And so to me, when I look back at my writings, it's a way to look back at my growth and where I've come from. Uh, so yeah, like when I started this blog, I just wanted to start it from a perspective of my stories and my transparency, helping other people get through their own stuff. And I think so often I hear from people, wow, you're so transparent. You're so transparent, but like, I don't really know any other way to be. Um, that's just how I am. And I've just found it to be very freeing, not just for myself, but for other people, they seem to find freedom in, in me sharing kind of the, uh, gory and dirty details of my life. Um, so yeah, I wrote the original blog post because I feel like a lot of people felt like, um, people aren't really like abstinent these days that it's not something that they really do. It's not something that we talk about a lot. We talk about it a lot in the church. Um, but I (laughs) I think that we hear, we more so talk about like, just don't do it. And that's all that we talk about, but it's, but everyone's doing it. (laughs) Um, I don't, I don't think that it's, it's that talk and the way that we've approached it in the cert in, in the church hasn't always been successful. Um, so yeah. So then when I started having sexy and I was kind of like, Oh, uh, you know, like <laughs> I, I'm going to have to write about this, you know, because I yeah. went through um, a lot of like internal struggle and wrestling and um, just a lot of different emotions. And I went through a lot of things spiritually concerning mm-hmm. it. And I was like, this is something that needs to be shared. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, your question was, how does it Simply, feel how does it feel to have something go viral? And we're definitely yeah. going to get into that. It's you weird. Ahead of me a little bit, but <laughs> so I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. I'm chatty. Yeah. So you have this post go viral, and a few months later, you say you're right back into this space um, of where you're engaging in sexual activity again. Like, what is your immediate thought? Like when you go from writing a viral post where the world knows essentially now that you've been abstaining for five years and you're no longer abstinent, what are, you, well, like, what are the thoughts that you have like immediately after this first sexual act has been done? Um, yeah, like my immediate thoughts were like, I'm going to have to write about this and not on some like, oh, wow, like that was bomb. Like I'm going to have to write about it like on some like I am in tune with my creator to the point where like we have an ongoing conversation and um i was just like hey like lord you're probably gonna want me to write about this on my blog huh and he was like yeah yeah you you, i would like you to (laughs) so um not in a you had to obviously i waited uh quite some time to write it but yeah my initial thoughts were i knew that i had committed like internally to um like being a a warrior for the kingdom, you know? And it's like, I'm not going to shy away from that just because I made a mistake. And so I think initially I had some, uh, a little bit of anxiety about it because I just felt like the first time that I posted about not having sex, I got a lot of like hate on the internet about that. Um, And so- A lot of hate from from people in what regard? Um, A lot of people saying that, I was only being abstinent because I used to be a whore or I was lying or I was stupid. I was a man. I couldn't find a man. I'm probably crazy. (laughs) Um, You know, I'm ugly and, you know, like. So basically saying that this isn't a conscious choice you made. Like there are other factors (laughs) that have kind of pushed you into this abstinence corner. Yeah. Or even like, you know, I had guilted myself into this. This is like, you know, the way of the church. I mean, I mean, all, I mean, literally like thousands and thousands and thousands of like negative comments. So I got you. More so than... 
And I'm sorry to interrupt. I just uh, no, I kind of want to follow this conversation because I think yeah. you have some tremendous content for us. So, like hearing those thoughts from people, like in in any way, like how do you feel? Do you feel empowered that you're going the right way, or are you like, wait a second, have I done the right thing here? Uh, yeah, I think it was a back and forth. I think initially it was um, shocking because I just I just didn't think people were going to care that much, honestly. Um, and so, you know, then I like a couple hours go by and I've got, you know, 200,000 hits on it and it's been shared on Facebook 800 times. So it's like initially just like I I was in shock and then you start to read things and you start to see negative things. And, um, yeah, I think it was a, it was a roller coaster of emotions. I was proud. I, I know that the word says like that we will be persecuted. Like the gospel is folly to those who are perishing. Like I, I, that's something that was at the forefront of my mind. But also I was like, oh, like I just didn't think all these people are going to read this. And if I had known, I probably wouldn't have shared. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I had a, probably a range of emotions. It, it wasn't just one thing. It kind of varied by the hour and, and what people were saying. <laughs> So, all right, so you write this post, this viral, you're getting hate from all types of people, you got thoughts going through your mind, through your head, and now the question becomes, so how does a guy even get close enough to have sex with a young woman who's been upstanding for five years? Like, and my, my I guess my question is, what type of guy is he? <laughs> um... That's an interesting question. I don't know if it really matters what type of guy it is. I think it mattered like where I was when we met, if that makes any sense. It doesn't Um, make any sense to me because (laughs) I'm going to tell you why that doesn't make sense. Because I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, so just seeing you on Instagram, like from what I see, from what I read, unless I knew you on a personal level. um, Yeah. I would think like this is just how I formulate my thoughts based on the the bits of information that I have. I'm like, yo, I don't I would be almost embarrassed in a way knowing what I know about her to approach her in such a way that could cause her to fall in this way. And I'm Can you say that one more time? Like I was saying that I would almost be I don't want to use the word nervous, but yeah. I I would be I would almost be too cautious because Mm -hmm. like I wouldn't even know how to initiate or to engage a sexual encounter with a young woman such as yourself simply Uh, because of you you see what I'm saying yeah 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 Um, so I guess my question is the so you're saying there's not a specific kind of guy it's where you are like where I was I want you to elaborate on that so that we understand yeah um so to be fair I'm trying to be um, respectful of um, my sexual partner, shall we say. So we, um, we already knew each other. So I guess you could say that there was a familiarity there. We hadn't, we had never dated before, um, but we uh, did know each other. So that kind of eliminates the nervousness about the initiation of any type of conversation or engagement we were cool we were friendly we're friends it was all good um but as for me I think the way that it got started not necessarily um because it wasn't just 
uh, we've essentially like been in a relationship, you know, so it wasn't just um, sex. It wasn't like I was, you know, a booty call or anything like that. Um, we were in a relationship. So how do you get to the point where, you know, you're sitting in front of a girl? I, we have talks about it. We talked about it the first time that we kind of ran into each other. We talked about it after that. Um, we still talk about it, you know, so I don't, he just wasn't, <laughs> I don't think he was intimidated, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So how do you, um, is it like a, cause I want people to kind of understand, like you say you were abstaining for five years and people get yeah. this notion that you, that, Oh, she doesn't like sex or she doesn't get turned on anymore or guys can't approach her because she's a she's prudish or, you know, she's just a square. And that's why she doesn't have sex. But it's like, no, like I'm still a woman. I still feel things. I still get close to men. Men are attracted. I'm attracted. So give us kind of like the breakdown. You say, you know, you guys were friends. That's cool. I don't want you to get too detailed to where you're giving more than what you want to give. But. Like, is it, okay, he took me out to dinner on this date, and then we hung out on this date, and then we hung out again, and then we hung out again, and then all of a sudden, this took place. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like how we get walked down through this process, like the wearing down process to where we actually get to a sexual encounter. Huh, okay, yeah. Um, We, I think what led me to a sexual encounter was like sin consciousness. If that makes any sense. It was like, I was so break it, break it down for those that it won't make sense to. I think I have an understanding, but I still may have a different interpretation than you have. Okay. So for me, like sin consciousness, sin consciousness essentially is like uh, very different from like God consciousness, you know? So how I was before, you know, we started hanging out and, and my main focus, like I didn't, I didn't really date, which is why I was probably absent for so long. I wasn't really dating like that. Um, and that was cool. Like that's how I wanted it to be. And so I was just like, it was just me and God like rolling, you know, me and like my homegirls, like going to church all the time, like, you know, hanging out, watching movies, acting goofy, like whatever. And, um, when we, you know, ran into each other, like we, um, get along well, you know, we were familiar, um, and we were very attracted to each other. And so then it shifted from being like conscience, conscious of God and my identity in him and who I was and who he is in me. Um, and it shifted to don't have sex, don't have sex, don't have sex, don't have sex, don't have sex. Don't. So then I go from honestly, like not really thinking about sex that much to thinking about it constantly because I'm trying in my own efforts and in my own flesh and in my own strength, which will always fail to not do it. And then mm-hmm. I ended up doing it. So yeah, it was some dates and it was some hanging out and it was some close moments. And like, I looked up and we'd had sex, but for me, it was like sex had become my main focus and not doing it, which essentially led me into the opposite of what it was that I was trying exactly. to do. So you, you kind of get to this space and I've been there before where you're fighting so hard not to do this thing because it's like, okay, I've established this identity of no sex, of abstaining. And it's like, I can't have sex. I can't have sex. And then it's almost like your mind literally ushers you into the situation. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, yo, like, 
it's kind of like in the movies, like when somebody's like, okay, you're going to die on this day. Because right. you're so focused on not dying on that day, you end up getting yourself <laughs> in a situation where you get killed. <laughs> right, yeah. Now, tell me this, because I've been in a situation where I've been abstaining and practicing abstinence and mm-hmm. been blogging about my journey, yeah. my journey of abstaining. And you get in this situation, it's like, freak, I've had sex. And then immediately after the, the two paths that you're going to take, I'm kind of the extreme path. I'm like, all right, well, I've already ruined it. I <laughs> might as well go in. Yeah. Um, it took me a second to get to that place. It was kind of like we'd had sex. I didn't really want to. Uh, um, oh, I'll be I'll be super real. So we had sex. And because I was essentially so in my head the whole time, this is like I'm I'm keeping it real right now. Like. I was so in my head about it that I was like, look, like that wasn't even like, we're going to have to do this one more time. <laughs> like five, five years, like we got to go. Yeah. Ahead. I'm going to have to We got to do it again. That is like. Yeah. That know, don't count. And that did not count to me. And so um, then we had sex, you know, the second time and it was bomb. And so then it was like this kind of back and forth with me internally where it was like, I have already decided, you know, like that this isn't how I'm going to operate. And yet, of course, like, because we did wait some time before we had sex. So we had, you know, grown into it in other ways. And um, yeah, so now it's like, we're in this relationship, we like each other, and we'd met each other's families. And, you know, it was kind of like, okay, well, this could still, you know, work. Um, And so then it kind of became this, like, let's try not to have sex. And then, you know, for a while, we wouldn't, and then we'd have sex again. And he traveled a lot. So, he wasn't always in town and so he'd be gone. We wouldn't have sex. And then, you know, then it'd be like, Oh, I kind of missed you. Like, and then we'd get a pop in. And then, you know, that it was kind of like this pattern of, of exactly what I just said. Got you. So like along the line, along those lines, because what I always notice about myself is I begin to pick up other bad habits. Like, yeah. okay. You back in a relationship, you having sex now. Now it's like, okay, they're not here. I'm missing them. Like, are we sending, like, for, for me, it's like, yo, mm-hmm. can you send me some pictures? Can you send me some videos? Mm-hmm. And it kind of it kind of just escalates into this whole other thing. And, and sin begins to take on a life of its own again. Yeah. And it's almost like you made one statement in your blog, and you were like, you know, it's kind of like riding a bike. Um, <laughs> Isn't it kind of funny? Like, you could be five years out of something, but so quickly you're right back in it. And it's like, mm-hmm. yo, I'm the same old person that I used to be. Um, I think it's like the opposite. You know, it's like you forget that you're not the same person that you used to be. You know, I yeah. think that it's more so like you, it's familiarity, you know, it's, it's sometimes our toxicity and our bad habits. It's not that they feel good. It's that they're familiar, you know, and so we we know how to navigate them. Even with some of my, you know, even with some of my bad habits, it's like, I've come to the place where I know how to, how to get, how to shake it off because I've been there so many times. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I know exactly what to do to move out of it because I'm like, I'm like, I've been there so many times. So yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you. Like I, I mentioned that in the post as well, like definitely other areas of my life I started looking, I think for me, it was like this, um, 
I started to, I think in my time, because I continue to really like seek the Lord during this time. I'm very passionate about the fact that like, I think the church and, and we have, as a whole, we've learned to like compartmentalize God, right? And like, we include him when we want to include him and we don't include mm-hmm. him when we don't. But the thing is like, he says, I will never leave you, you know? So it's like, he's always here. And just in my personal walk, I, I'm very aware of that. And I always have been. That's kind of one of the ways that I even came to Christ in the first place was, I had some crazy spiritual experiences before I ever surrendered my life to God. And, um, you know, I'm just very aware of his presence pretty much at every moment. And so in the midst of this, I'm still like really seeking him and really talking to him. And um, he just kept reminding me of like my identity, you know, like, who are you? You know, like, and I think some of the, my habits and some of the things that were happening were like, this don't fit no more. You know, like I was doing yeah. them and, and, and they were becoming, but they never became more comfortable. None of it. The sex didn't become more comfortable. Some of the other things that I'd like picked up and, and God really revealed to me during that time, um, just this kind of like people pleasing mindset. Um, also finding my worth, not just in like, things out like not just in men necessarily because because to say that it didn't feel good when I'm you know like with my partner and like when he's telling me how beautiful I am and like you know how how dope I am or whatever else like I I really learned that I was finding so much validation in that you know and even other things like I was finding validation in certain things at work I was finding validation even maybe in some of these comments that people leave on your blog posts and things of that nature and so for me um it was really a challenge and, and an undoing in my mindset my thought processes to uh, find my validation in God alone, you know, and uh, that was that was one thing that that I went through. <laughs> All right, so so now that we have the background, what it was, how it felt, how you were able to get out of it, what I want to try to do is give like some some practical advice. First, I want to talk of how a young woman even gets to a point where. An attractive young woman, you're smart, you know, you went to Howard, like you you yeah, have that. you have some opportunities. Um how do you even get to this point? Like for all those who say, Well, you're doing it because you know, you used to be a whore or because you're ugly. <laughs> what is it that actually brings you to this point to where you say because nobody says I'm gonna go five years without sex. That's just <laughs> that's not even realistic. <laughs> What is it that actually gets you to commit to that first day? Where you just like, you know what, I'm sold out to this. Is it something that you sell out to or is it just the relationship with Christ that actually produces a new life? Yeah, like it was only God. Like I, to be fair, um, it A, it's God and B, it's me. And what I mean by that is like, it's who God like created me to be. You know what I'm saying? Like my inherent kind of like personality, like I was never... Um, I did like a lot of drugs back in the day. Like I was a party girl for sure, but I was never super sexually active to begin with. Um, and so uh, I, I never had a, like boyfriends. Like I just wasn't really that girl. So like middle school, like high school, I definitely like liked people, but I was always kind of like um, my mom just really raced me on some like, if y'all can't get married, then you just really don't even need to be dating. And so I kind of like out the gate would be like, hey, like, how do you feel about getting married? Meanwhile, I'm like 16 years old, you know, and gotcha. he's like, oh, like, that's a lot, you know. And so then I'm like, okay, cool. Well, then like, we don't need to like even like we go to the movies and hang out like cool I don't even need to do all that with you so um, I've had like a couple of long-term partners like literally two and um, yeah those are the people that I've had sex with you know so for me so wait a second I mean this is just 
for my understanding. Yeah. You um so I deal with young women on a constant basis who've been yeah. like, you know, GF had sex with fifty guys. Right. I've had I started having sex at twelve. Yeah. I'm twenty years old now. I've had sex with twenty guys already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what would your advice be? Because I think where we make the mistake sometimes is you haven't been through what I've gone through, so you can't give me any advice. So yeah, yeah. to hear you say that, you know, you've only been with I mean, literally I don't know if it's just two or more, but it's like, well, I I can't hear what she's got to say. She's only been with a couple of guys. I've been with 20 different guys. So her struggle is really not my struggle. What would you I, say to that? Um, what is the struggle? Like, basically saying that, you know, abstain. for her, it's a for her, it's a lot easier to abstain mm-hmm. because she never really got into this lifestyle or she's never really been that kind of girl. But I've been sexual since I was 10 years old because, you know, this thing happened to me or the circumstances were different. And, you know, I'm trying to abstain, but I really just feel like sex is something that I need to be stable in my right. mind and in my life. Yeah. Yeah, I don't necessarily even disagree with that. You know, like we do all have different struggles. Um, And I haven't ever felt like sex is something that I craved and that I needed. Like, obviously, like I went five years without it, you know, like, and honestly, and I think that there's certain steps that everyone can can try, everyone can take. But to your point earlier, like only God, you know what I'm saying? But like I, I we all have different things that we've dealt with. There are certain things that I really struggle with that um other people don't struggle with at all. And that's just life. That's just us being unique. That's just us having different experiences. And so, um, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily agree with that girl. That's why like, I like anything, (laughs) everything in my life has been trial and error. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. It's it's not, you know, there's no formula for how to live your life apart from like, seek ye first you know like the kingdom of god Um, and the reason i brought that up the reason i presented it that way is because Mm -hmm. i i think that and even i had got into this thing where i'm like okay i'm I'm gonna build out this this eight-step way for a young man to be able to become abstinent Mm -hmm, and i mm -hmm. think people think like it's systematic yeah yeah. but the one thing that you continue to allude to is now like it's not any of that like but god only for god was this possible yeah you know, you walk with God day in, day out. You look up, it is five years without this thing. Yeah. And what I found in my research, because I've I've been a student of sexuality for years, just mm-hmm. because I wanted to understand for myself, it's the young women who, the young women like you who say, you know, I've never really had a problem with sexuality. So I do it just because I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But I know that I'm never going to become addicted to it because this is just not my identity. So and- I commend you even more the five years because most women are like you know I'm never going to get addicted to this this is just a byproduct of who I am and this is just a part of life and I and you know it's the issue I think a lot of times we focus on like uh these individual situations right um 
and they're not the root of the problem. Like sex is the fruit. It's not the root. The root is exactly. like exactly. It's this sin, is just you a know? symptom. Like, and yeah. it's like and sin is simply separation from God. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like like I was saying earlier about compartmentalizing God and not allowing Him to infiltrate like every aspect of who we are and everything that we do. You know, God is a gentleman. He's not going to, um, you know enter into anything that you did not ask him to be a part of, you know what I'm saying? And so it's like the beauty of him is that like he gives us free will and he gives us choices. So it's like, I want to see God glorified in every area of my life, be it um, sex or uh, marriage or my job or whatever. And so it's like, for me, like the reason that I was um, having sex was because I had an identity issue. You know what I'm saying? Like I was not, uh, remembering and renewing my mind with who I am now as a new creature, you know, like I wasn't like, I wasn't like people pleasing. Like I have, it is like, that's something that that's the root of some certain situations in my life. Self-discipline. A lot of us really like, like a fruit of the spirit and, and not fruits, but the fruit of the spirit. Like one of them is like self-discipline. So it's like, that's an area where I personally struggle. So it's not that I struggle with these like individual things. It's like, I struggle because With I'm, human. One thing I'm, hu- that, I'm yeah. human, you know, like yeah. we are all humans and we all have a struggle, if not many. So, yeah. What would, what pieces of advice would you give to a young person, not just a young woman? Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to ask another question as well, but what pieces of advice would you give to a young woman about the benefits of being able to stay or control yourself in your sexuality? Mm. I mean, I think any type of benefit that comes from self-control in general, you know, like you will see, like when I started to, um, you know, impart discipline in my like daily study with the Lord, you know, I started to start my day off with God every single day, like very intentionally, not just like as a routine checking it off the box type of thing, but really making a decision to start my day with him and really like immerse myself in his presence. Like my whole life started to change. You know what I mean? So it's like, mm-hmm. um, that's kind of like the, the spiritual version of it, but also like peace, like it's just so peaceful. Um, <laughs> my friend and I were having a conversation last night actually. And we were just talking about how like, sometimes we go to church, uh, men, women, whatever. I think women a lot of times, because the narrative is like, you're, you're supposed to be found. Right. And so we're like, hide us, Lord, you know, just continue, hide me. And, and, you know, just, just cover me Lord during this time until my husband comes. Right. And then we like work overtime trying to make these dudes that we decided that we wanted to peek through the, uh, the covering and like, be mm-hmm. like, Hey, like see me, we try to like work overtime to make these dudes see us. And then meanwhile, we're still covered and uh, begging the Lord to like help us figure out this situation that we never should have been in in the first place. So for me, like being sexually disciplined brought me a lot of peace because I wasn't dealing with men that were never meant for me. You know, there's never going to be peace in that. It's never going to be any peace in dealing with people who are never meant to be in your life. It's never going to be peace in engaging with a man who can't see you for um, the beauty and Uh, the queen, as we like to say these days, that you are, you know, the child of God that you are, that's never going to be a peaceful situation. I think a lot of people um, think they have peace, uh, but they don't. (laughs) And for me, like that five years was the most peaceful, like time in my life. And um, that's probably my biggest takeaway from it. Yeah. 
And and you know that peace, the portion that you're talking about regarding peace. I mean, the Bible talks about peace that uh, surpasses or goes beyond all understanding. Yeah. Like if you're, and this is just on a just a basic thought level, if you're able to fully articulate the peace in your life without mm-hmm. saying, you know, I don't even understand how I'm not losing my mind. Now that I really look at my situation, <laughs> I really don't know how yeah. I'm able to stand in this. All right. That like those are the. I don't say the people because it was me. At at one point in my life, I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm great. Like, you know, I got this, I got that. But then I got to a point in my life where I'm like, wait a minute. Like, once I really look at my life, like in the last chapter of my book, um, Strong Boys, Fragile Men, I have a chapter. It's called No More Pretending. Mm -hmm. And I just unload all of my financial struggles. Like, everything is just plaguing me that would have typically made me just go out and do something ridiculous to try to get ahead I was like you know what looking at this God how in the world (laughs) am I still able to smile like why am I not stressed out like all of these things that are falling apart that that I've you know perennially tried to hold together yeah but I, I no longer care about that level of control anymore so the fact that you talk about peace which was one of the um there were five things that I had pointed out and peace was definitely one of them that yeah. comes from abstaining. And yeah. for me as a young man, it's like, yo, I don't have to worry about having an STD. I don't mm-hmm. have to worry about lying or mm-hmm. carrying on this yeah. story for all these girls. Mm-hmm. I ain't got to worry about having nobody pregnant. Mm-hmm. I'm not obligated to make any phone calls. Mm-hmm. I don't have to pretend that I like you more than you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> yeah. Like there were just so many benefits that just come from it all. Things that you would never even take a look at because yeah. you don't associate those things as burdens to your life or distractions to your life. So now here's the big one that I have to ask. Sure. Like a lot of young women that I talk to struggle with masturbation. I mean, on a, like a ridiculous level. I had one yeah. girl tell me, she was like, gee, I'm going to try to, you know, go a month without, you know, and she called me on day nine and she was like, yo, I, she said, I felt like my vagina was about to explode. I yeah. had to do it. Yeah. Have you ever struggled with masturbation in your life? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think I started masturbating really young. Um, that just that kind of like point where you get to a point where you're like not quite as supervised at night as you used to be. And yeah, um, you yeah know, when they, in. you know, when they, they, they <laughs> your parents stop checking in yeah, three times, right, they only exactly. check in twice. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I, that that's kind of like when that kind of crept in for me. So I masturbated for years. I think that's honestly like I was kind of in worldly terms. I was a late bloomer in the sex game. I didn't have sex until my twenties, and so. Um, oh Jesus I, Christ! Yeah, <laughs> is our Lord and Savior. Um, I'm and you. so uh, yeah, like I. Um, I don't think that for a long time, I didn't look at it as a struggle because I didn't even get saved until my twenties. Right. So, um, yeah. So then for me, when I did get saved, um, yeah, I just, I would do it. And I would just be like, "Mm, like, this isn't, this doesn't feel like how it used to like the aftermath. Like I kind of like, you know, do it, go to sleep, feel refreshed, you know? And then like, I got saved and similar to what I was saying earlier, like the glove didn't fit anymore, you know? And, um, it, it wasn't something, um, that, 
I necessarily thought about until maybe, you know, a few weeks would go by and then I'd be like, huh, you know, like what I found though was like, I was using it as like a coping mechanism to cope with like stress. Um, so for me, like masturbation was like a stress reliever. Kind of like a little, like a little drug or something. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. You know, like your occasional, whatever you're, I was a social masturbator, you know, like that kind of thing. And so, um, I, I wasn't a social bit to, to compare. I understand what you're saying. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, good. It makes sense. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> you know, people think, take things out of context these days. But anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. So honestly, to be, I think that when you get saved, some things kind of like come up off of you immediately. Um, some things just do not appeal to you anymore and you just don't do them anymore. And then some things, you know, you kind of wrestle with for a little bit and then some things are are, are more long-term, you know, so just believe in like the deliverance of God. And, um, yeah, I, I just, I haven't masturbated in years. Um, that's, um, I think that's amazing because I mean, just, just the way you're breaking it down and how you're articulating like the transformational power of Christ, because like you said, like, there are some things that just come with the package. Yeah, yeah. It's sure. like, you know, like I stop cussing, I stop having sex, I stop yeah. masturbating. Not only that, like I, I like I got to a point where I wouldn't even put myself in an environment mm-hmm. where this was a thought or yeah. where this was a thing. Yeah. And what began to happen for me when I began to slip and slide, because I didn't masturbate. Once I stopped, I didn't masturbate for like two years, over two years. Yeah. And I remember the night I did it again. And it was almost like, why did I ever stop doing this? Because mm. it's not that big a deal. Right. I had gotten to a space where I convinced myself again that it's not that big a deal. Yeah. And I imagine this mm-hmm. is why the Apostle Paul said to the Galatians, like, yo, who has bewitched you? Like, mm. how, how did how did you get to a point where you no longer see that this is an issue? Mm. So speaking to that, For a young woman who says that, and this is based on what you know to be true in Christ, Mm -hmm. why is masturbation a problem? Yeah, I know that you stopped doing it, but can I be a Christian young woman and still masturbate regularly? What's the problem? You know, I think that a lot of And this is a tough question. It is. No, it's a tough question. It's one that I've had a lot of conversations with people about. I don't know if I necessarily... um, can answer that in a general sense, right? Like once again, like it's, it's a, it's a symptom of a deeper problem. So if you are seeking Christ, you know, and you um, feel like, cool, like I masturbate on a regular basis. Like I don't see the big deal. Well, like talk to the Lord about it, you know, be like, Lord is like, is there a root to this? And do, like, how do you feel about it? Like show things to me, reveal things to me, God, you know, show me your heart about this. Like, and he will, you know, like I trust like, God, like he says, knock and the door will open, like yes. seek and you will find, you know? So it's like, if you, uh, one thing that I like, I, I'm big on is I can only like, it's, it's me and God, you know what I'm saying? Like I can um, engage with him about like my walk and the things that he wants me to intercede about and things of that nature. But on a grand scale, like, I can't control what anyone else does, right? I can pray for people. Mm-hmm. Um, I can live my life in the light and I, and, and do what the Lord told me to do. Um, and that's, that will be attracted to people. You know what I'm saying? Like, and yes. so I, I'm, I'm big on motives. So it's like, if you're masturbating, like, look at it, like what, what usually brings you to that place? You know, like what are the kind of like chain of events before you get to masturbating? Like for me, one, like 
when I got saved, um, coincidentally, uh, one night with my mom, I watched this documentary called, uh, I think it's called Life After Porn. And Mm -hmm. um, these, it's just essentially a lot of people who used to be porn stars kind of sharing their story, like within the porn industry and the things that they went through while they were there. And, you know, now life afterwards, like how they feel like their day to day experiences. And it's not a Christian movie there like at all. But um, one of the women in the movie did end up going, you know, getting saved and she gave her life to Christ. And now she's kind of an advocate to help women get out of the sex industry. And that movie exposed just like a lot of disgusting things that happen in the sex industry. We talk a lot today about, um, you know, the sex slave trade and um, just kind of like these other things like we were talking about that come along with being a part of like the sex industry. Right. And so for me, I was so like disgusted. I was so upset. My heart was just like in pain over these people in this industry that I never watched porn again. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just could not. So for a lot of people, they turn on their porn, they get going, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's how they get to point. So it's like, for me, that completely was like, I was like, nah, I'm straight on that. And See, I, um, and I don't mean to cut you off, but I, I kind of got, like, there was this thing that I watched just a couple of days ago. A, yeah. a woman was talking about that. She was like, you know, I contracted herpes. Mm. And she was talking about how, you know, how many young women from the porn industry have actually died in such a short span mm. of time. She said the life expectancy for a female porn star was like 37. Mm. There was I a, was like, wow. Yeah, there was one thing that I'll never forget from that movie is one of the women, she, this wasn't the woman who got saved, but she was talking about how when she used to do certain, like a lot of times when she was performing a scene that all the production people around her were masturbating. So like the camera guys had their things out and they were jacking off to her having sex with a man. And Right, that's exactly how, it makes you think about masturbating yeah. differently. You know what I'm saying? You're like, yo, like, anyway, that, like her saying that was just like, it was just like I never want to masturbate again and like I never want to watch porn again my god um but yeah not to say like so then you know you know it's 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 a different thing to kind of get and then it's like okay so if you're not watching porn what is it that you do have to do to get yourself there you know what I'm saying exactly would you do it that like with God in the room you know like because he is you know what I'm saying and so it's like since he since he's in the room why don't you go ahead and have a chat with him about it you know yeah and that's that's the basic, like in my book, I talk about that. And it seems so elementary. Yeah. It's just like, you know, you should like you should have no other guys before me, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. there was just this like this little small conversation I had in my mind and I felt like God was um narrating the conversation. Mm-hmm. It's like, yo, would you ever masturbate in front of your mom? I'm like, never. Mm-hmm. He's like, Well, do you love your mom and respect your mom more than me? I'm like, No. He said, Well, why have you never stopped to think about that if I'm omnipresent? Mm-hmm. If I'm always there, then why can't you stop to think about me? Um, so I think that's great advice. And I think the path that you've chosen is a path that I had to seek out for myself because oftentimes when we are in Christ, we mm-hmm. want to feel like we got all the answers. Mm-hmm. And that's why a lot of people hate Christians. It's like, oh, you don't know everything. Yeah. And it's like, no, I don't know everything. But what I do know for certain is exactly what you just alluded to is that your walk with God is personal. There is mm-hmm. a value on your life and only Christ can give you that value. But you have to be willing to knock mm-hmm. and continue to seek that value for your own life. Yeah. Um, and can I just say one thing to you, just in 
you know, with these things about like, oh, I watched this thing and I was disgusted. Oh, the Lord said to me, you know, what, you know, X, Y, and Z about my mother. And would you do this? Like, I just want to stress just in general. I think one of the biggest like lies of the enemy um, is that like, he wants us to believe that these things, you were saying like certain things are elementary, right? And it's like, the enemy wants us to believe that like this life is, um, that, that it's not essentially freedom. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's not that like, oh, I'm so like, how do I stop doing this? It's like, no, this is simply like not, you are no longer a slave to sin. You know what I'm saying? Like you are free from it. Therefore, like you, when you engage in certain things, like it's essentially you like putting down your new identity and like walking back into the chains from which you have been freed. You know what I'm saying? Like you got all upset with like Kanye West about the slaves and like, you know, whatever he said, I'm I'm not, I'm not necessarily bringing that up. I'm just saying like the concept, right. When we think about slavery, particularly in America, like, well, why didn't they just leave? You know what I'm saying? And it's the Mm -hmm. same thing. Like think about like, you know, even some, you know, certain ideals and, and perspectives that some people of color may have today than we call them, uncle toms and they're not free in their mind like keyword free in their mind you know what i'm saying it's like every day we're supposed to put on the mind of christ and the mind of christ is freedom like he who like if the sun sets you free like you will be free indeed and that's how you combat that kind of stuff when you are in the dark in your room wanting to do whatever it is that you used to do you know what i'm saying like instead of sitting there like i shouldn't do this i shouldn't do this you take that word of god that is living that is sharper than a two-edged sword and you say no i (laughs) i am free in christ he set me free therefore i am free indeed you know what i'm saying like i have the right i have the inheritance like i am seated with him in heavenly places like how many times do we really do that when we're we make choices you know what i'm saying like at the yeah. end of the day, like certain things that we still do, we still do it because we wanted to. You know what I'm saying? Like when I started having sex again, like I wanted to do it, period. You know what I'm saying? Was there a struggle? Absolutely. But when it came down to it, because I, I didn't want to go to say, war with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I didn't want to go to war with it. And it's like the 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 it says we do not fight against flesh and blood, but like principalities and powers. Like it talks about like the kingdom, like warriors for the kingdom. Like we are literally like vessels in the kingdom of God, like here to like usher in heaven on earth. So therefore it's like, we, that's a perfect way of saying like, we don't want to go to war sometimes when it's late and I'm tired and have a long day and I'm stressed. I just want to sit here and make myself feel good instead of turning on the light, pulling out the word <laughs> and getting on my knees and being like, Satan, you have no hold on me and you have no authority in my life. Like Satan, he was defeated. You know what I'm saying? Like he doesn't have any power. Like we really, the power that he has is the power we give to him. You know what I'm exactly. saying? Like it's delegated. Yeah. It is delegate. Like, but we have been given the power, like greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Like we're just used to in our old man, like surrendering to the desires of our flesh, but we have overcome the flesh. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just have to make a decision to enforce your authority. And, and sorry, that's just what I wanted to say about that. <laughs> I think that's great because um, like the Bible says that the gospel is such that a child can understand. Yeah. And sometimes, like you said, like I think I, I try to want to make things complex. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I got to use my intellect and I got to use logic to bring forth these, um, these really profound points. And I think yeah. you just freed me up a little bit because it's like, no. Because people choose, like, if people really wanted the gospel, it's not hard. Um, so I think that's brilliant. So we're, we're going to wrap this thing up here. So um, if there were one thing that you wanted people to know about who Christ is, 
Like that wouldn't allow them to make any excuse about what they've done, about where they come from, about what they're lacking in their lives, about any level of insecurity. Like give give us let me see how I want to say this. Give us your understanding of who Christ is mm. that allows us as individuals to overcome anything. Mm. Because so many of us just think that, oh, I don't need that, or I'm good by myself, or he can't forgive me for this. Mm. So explain to us who Christ is so that we can have an understanding. Because I think uh, a lot of times, because we make it about sex or we make it about this, then people are able to dismiss. But that's us putting Christ in a box. So, yeah. yeah. Mm, that's such a good question. That's such a, that's something that I like want to meditate on, honestly. But, well, um, for as much as the spirit gives you right here, <laughs> you know, because you can't meditate right here unless you just need like know, 10 seconds. I know, I know. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, I think that knowing, um, oh, how do I condense the gospel, honestly? But it's just like God, right? So he like <laughs> comes down like in this body in the form of man, like lives life like perfectly over. First of all, like he already overcame everything, right? Like he literally lived the lives that we live like and still was able to live a perfect life, like fully in step with the father at every minute of the day. And then he goes to the cross, he dies, he rises again. But like before he dies on the cross, like he says, it is finished, right? Yeah. So it's like you, for me, I always have to remind myself that like the bottom line is victory. You know what I'm saying? And if I'm not yeah. looking at victory, if I'm not looking at freedom, if I'm not looking at compassion, if I'm not looking at love, like, then it's not finished. You know what I'm saying? Like, then I, then I need to keep going. I need to keep pressing forward because that is what he died for me to have. Like, when he died and rose again, I died and rose again with him. I'm seated alongside him in heavenly places. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I am a citizen of heaven. So it's like, if my life is not looking like I'm a citizen of heaven, then I press into the one, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. he finished the work. All I have to do is like walk in step with him and I will continue to go from glory to glory, from faith to faith. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. anyway, so the three words, like it's done, like whatever, like he is always welcoming. Like he is always has his arms open. Like it doesn't, it literally does not matter. Like one of the things that I love, this isn't, this is a long version. Too. The answer to your question is it is finished and it was finished on the cross with Christ. Side note, like when people talk about like, oh, I'm too far gone, right? Like <laughs> I love watching YouTube videos about people who used to worship Satan because like I love watching videos about people. These people used to be up all night, literally talking to the devil, literally like ushering in powers to kill people. Some of these people are murdered. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. these people used to be in the deep, dark depths of hell. Literally this one man was talking about how, 
how the devil was his father, how he asked the devil to kill his father. A couple months later, his father was murdered in New York in the Bronx. And he was thanking the devil for it. Like he was had dominion over all these areas in New York, yada, yada, yada. He was astral projecting. I don't even know that, what that was until a few months ago, like literally leaving his body and going into other places to wreak havoc. Like this man was literally like an, an, an intentional servant of Satan. And now he goes through life preaching the gospel and equipping Christians um, to fight, like to, to be spiritual warriors, essentially. And it's like, listen, bro, like everything else, you know what I'm saying? Like you may, you may be getting it popping every weekend, but you probably yeah, not worshiping Satan. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, exactly. So it's like, if he can come to Christ and literally be a preacher now, like then you good. Like he is always waiting for us. He is always pursuing us. He always wants us to come to him. And he is not mad when you come back to everybody's, you know, favorite, favorite parable about, you know, the story of the prodigal son. Like he was so excited when his son came back. That is a reflection of like the father's yeah. love. You know what I'm saying? Nothing, nothing is more serious and deeper than the father's love. Like it doesn't matter what it is that you did, what it is that you're going through, like what it is that other people did to you. Like the father's love literally overcame everything so that's what i said yeah and and then that story about the prodigal son i I don't know if you know a guy named ravi zacharias but yeah he is a middle easterner and he was describing like the actual brilliance of that story he said you know in america a father may actually wait on the son he said Mm. but the middle eastern fathers are so prideful that that's something Mm. that they never would have done yeah. He said, so this depiction and this parable presenting an, a Middle Eastern father whose son had essentially said, Dad, I need you to die so I can have my inheritance. Mm. He's saying for him to be out there, he said, that is um, a relentless grace that is unspeakable and unfathomable to a man like myself. Yeah. Until you truly begin to know what the love of Christ really is. Yeah. Yeah. So, man, this is, um, this was, this was better. You're, you're better than advertised. <laughs> I got to be honest. You are better than advertised. I, uh, there are a lot of people when it comes to Christ that I simply just don't allow in my space because they don't understand struggle. They don't understand freedom. They don't understand redemption. They really don't have a heart to know the word of truth. And then they don't have the ability to articulate it in a way that even a person who had no desire to meet Christ today Hmm. can say, you know what? I like what she's saying though. Hmm. I, I can appreciate what I don't feel pressured, but she presented the person of Christ, the character of Christ to me in a way that makes me want to secretly try him. I ain't ready to give up all my stuff, (laughs) but I secretly want to begin to ask some questions for my own life because I want peace as well. Yeah. Because maybe I'm one of those individuals that thinks I'm at peace, but I'm truly not. Mm. So everybody, this is Jasmine Turner. You got to check out her blog, Dreams of Jasmine. She's an amazing young lady. Follow on Instagram, Dreams of Jasmine. I mean, she smiles a lot. I don't know who your photographer <laughs> is, but <laughs> I don't know who your photographer is, but you're always smiling. I'm just like, you know, she's happy. She takes these amazing pictures around the city. Um, the lighting is always phenomenal. Yep. So I'm just like, you know, I, I got to figure out who our photographer is, and I got to get up there and get me some photos. Listen, 
it's a lot of different people who are just doing life with me okay <laughs> happy, well, I gotta, happy, happy to serve me for a few minutes while I, I get got, the right angle <laughs> well I'm telling you I, uh, I need friends like that <laughs> I um, so last thing last piece of advice and we're getting out of here how does a young lady how does a young man begin to look into their lives and ask Christ to come in? Like, what are some practical steps? Because some people just don't know where to start. They think they need to go read the Bible. They think they need to jump in the church and take over a ministry. How, how do we come to Christ? Mm. Um, yeah, no, you don't have to do anything, <laughs> do any of that. I Christ is seeking you and he's um, since before <laughs> you even were aware um, of who he was. And so just ask, man, just, Hey, Lord, I'm curious. I want to know more. Um, the way I've been living, it doesn't seem to be, uh, adding to anything to my life. Uh, sin is not quite as cool as everyone tries to act like it is. And like the thing about sin is like, here's the thing about repentance, right? Like, I think a lot of people think that repentance is like this, um, I'm not going to be free and I'm just going to say I'm sorry every time I do something that is like essentially bondage. Right. And it's like, no, it's truly being like, God, like when I do fall, I'm going to come back to you. You know what I'm saying? Like if I do fall, like I'm returning to your feet, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm coming back to the savior. Like I'm certainly like, even if you already like a lot of, they say that a lot of people in America, like who give their lives to Christ, like they've been going to church, you know, like they've been in the church. They've had some kind of encounter with the church and, um, you just have to understand the father's love. Like he is here and he is waiting for you. He is ready um, to welcome you with open arms. Just ask him and he will respond. I, I truly, truly believe that. Like the Lord met me like in my room, in my parents' basement, like in the midst of my tears, you know? And yeah. um, I just had come to a place where I just truly wanted God. And um I wanted to at least try it out, you know, like, and I never looked back. Um, That's it. That was That's it. it. <laughs> yeah. So I thank you so much. Um, I thank everybody for tuning in to the G Spot podcast. Like I said, this is our first episode in a while. And I believe that God blessed us today because I, I couldn't have found a better person to have oh, on as a guest. God is good. Yeah. I'm really not that sweet. I hate when people say, oh, I just tell the truth. Like I say what's real. Okay. I say what's real. I'm really not a sweet guy. Wow. Um, that was I mean, very it, nice of you and honest of you to you. say, George. Thank yeah. you. I, you know, I try to be that guy. So, yeah, man, if you, um, for all of those who are wondering, God, how on earth do I become better? It's just the seeking of Christ and just the truth that sets you free that you don't know everything and that no. you could be better and you want to be better. But, God, I need you to show me how. So this is George Hines Jr. This is Miss Jasmine Turner. Thank you guys for tuning into the G Spot podcast. Y'all have a blessed night. Jasmine, it was phenomenal. Thank you. George, so nice to virtually meet you. Thank you. Yes, nice to virtually (laughs) meet you. You have a blessed night. You too. Thank you. Bye. Bye.